My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. This is completely unequivocally proven now that all hair loss is called by blood flow restriction to the scalp. Okay, it's not caused by DHT. It's not caused by this, that, and the other. It's caused by blood flow restriction to the scalp, which ultimately, okay, can be caused by a thousand different things. Heavy metal contamination, overexposure to sun, sweating, anxiety, too much insulin, too much sugar, too much alcohol. I mean, again, it's like a thousand things can cause blood flow restriction to your scalp. I have androgenic alopecia. My mom's dad was bald and I would probably be bald right now, Ben. And since I started using this product off and on, you know, when I had access to it, which has only been in the last couple of months now, the new one, Oxano ran out last year in September, I've regrown my hair. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity, ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. Bon Charge sounds like some kind of a French bakery, but it's not. It's a company that basically is a one-stop shop for everything you need to optimize your environment and to make living in a modern-day world a lot more primal and ancestral. We're talking about light bulbs that simulate the natural spectrum of light that you'd normally get from sunlight without all the nasty, harmful EMF, high flicker, Wi-Fi-infused, bright overhead lighting you find in the average house or office. All the light cans in my house are equipped with this type of lighting, and you can get it all easily, even though it's hard to find on other websites from Bond Charge. But that's not all. They've got EMF blocking products like earphones that you can attach to your phone that keep you from getting headaches and keep your head from getting heated up with wireless radiation. They've got laptop mats that protect your, your down under area, your nether regions, your gonads, so you aren't making little zombie sperms. They've got phone stickers that help to neutralize the ion radiation emitted from your phone. They've got an EMF protection blanket, which I love to use on the plane, along with an EMF protection hat and beanie to protect any part of your body that you want from five from Wi-Fi, from EMF. They even have like cold and heat therapy, massage guns and massage balls, things that help you to maintain young muscle and work out fascial adhesions and soreness and pain. All this stuff is at Bond Charge and they're giving all my listeners a massive whopping 15% off of anything from the store. Super fun place to shop around for stuff to optimize your life. You go to bondcharge.com forward slash greenfield and use coupon code greenfield to save 15%. That's bondcharge, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com forward slash greenfield and use coupon code greenfield to save a massive 15% from Bond Charge. Hey, so if you see me walking around with this crazy looking patch on the back of my arm, it's a blood glucose monitor. I actually monitor via a tiny invisible needle that doesn't hurt at all when you put it on and stays on for 14 days. Every bite of food, every activity I take, what it does to my glucose levels, my blood glucose levels. The reasons for that is because as I've talked about many times on podcasts and in my books is that poor glucose control or what would be also called poor glycemic variability, if you want to sound all smart and multi-syllabalic, is 
associated with a host of issues like low energy levels, poor weight management, sexual dysfunction, chronic conditions like diabetes, heart disease, or Alzheimer's. You'll learn all sorts of cool things. Like if you're feeling kind of wonky during a workout, you could check it out and see if it's actually your blood glucose or you wake up at 1am. A lot of times that's a dip in blood glucose as well. Or you want to see how your body responds to fruit or rice or sweet potatoes or nuts or steak. You know, your body might process it well, might not. You don't know that unless you're actually tracking and testing. Personalized data is so powerful and the levels app goes way beyond the other blood glucose apps because they interpret the glucose data. They give you a simple score after you eat a meal so you can see how different foods affect you and you can develop a personalized diet that's right for you. You can see this data in real time. Super powerful as a behavior change mechanism as well. Trust me, it's hard to eat an extra slice of cheesecake when you know it's going to be showing up on your blood glucose monitor 10 minutes later. So you'll get objective data based on your own unique physiology and Levels has given all of my listeners two free months of their Levels membership and access to the app when you use my special link. It's levels.link slash Ben. That will give you a one-month supply of continuous glucose monitors, a 12-month membership to their app, and an additional two free months of their annual membership at levels.link slash Ben. Let's say you don't want to eat 10 salads a day, but you want all the micronutrients and vitamins and minerals that you can get from plants and you don't want all those plant defense chemicals going up your system or a giant grocery shopping cart full of kale. Well, there is a company called Organifi. They make the most amazing, tasty, low sugar, glyphosate-free, organic superfood blends. You just take a scoop of this stuff. It's less than three bucks a day. And you're paying like 15, 20 bucks for these green juices a lot of times from these juicery outlets. And it's ridiculous. You can make this stuff for pennies on the dollar in your home with no shopping and chopping and cleanup and juicing. And they taste amazing. They're organic. They're free of fillers. And then I mentioned less than three grams of sugar per serving. So you're sucking down 10 apples and four pears and two bananas jammed into a little eight ounce bottle. They're amazing. Organifi makes a host of products, but they're green juice. You got to try that stuff. If you just want all your vegetables and you want it done for you, great tasting. Organifi.com. It's Organifi with an I.com slash Ben is how you can try this stuff. Highly recommend. And it's a, just a great, easy way to get your nutrients in. All right. My guest on today's podcast has been on the show before twice. He did this big podcast with me a couple years ago about hair growth and about reversing hair loss and about all these crazy things you can rub into your scalp. And that was a great episode. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then he also came back with one of his buddies. Actually, that that hair growth one was actually with, with his buddy, Nick Andrews. But then he before that, he was on my podcast talking about metformin and if metformin is really dangerous and kind of like early on in the peptide days, we're sharing a lot of these peptides for muscle gain and for fat loss. We talked about testosterone optimization therapy and a lot more. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. Kind of, I, I would describe him as kind of like this cowboy biohacker who's kind of like deep into the science, but really does a good job expressing it to the layperson. If you're watching the video version, you can also see a video of him and see that he does indeed practice what he preached. My guess is a is a fit guy himself. His name's Jay Campbell. Jay not only has a fantastic book about testosterone optimization therapy, but he also has a host of other super helpful courses, many of which I'll link to in the show notes, which you can find at bengreenfieldlife.com slash limitless life. He has a peptides course. He has a testosterone optimization course. And perhaps most relevant to today's discussion, Jay sent me a package last week full of peptides. Now, I usually go through a doctor to get my peptides. 
But based on a few conversations I've had offline with Jay and some of the stuff he's been sending me, he's been able to actually make peptides accessible to people who want to order them from the internet without going through a doc and want access to some really, really interesting stacks that I honestly have all sorts of questions about, Jay, because I started using this stuff and feel like I'm a teenager right now with whatever you sent me that I've been injecting into my body. And, uh, and yes, my wife is taking the tanning peptide and she's very, very happy about it because she's developing this tan, beautiful, you know, like not, not an orange fake spray tan, but she's, she's getting tan and we could talk about that one. And the reason I'm avoiding it, cause it gives me erections that leave me up for hours on end, but we can, we can get into all that. So again, folks, the show notes are going to be at Ben Greenfield life.com slash limitless life. I'll link to all Jay's stuff along with all these peptides and nootropics and everything we talk about. I'll throw discount codes, all that jazz in there for you. So anyways, Jay, you ready to do this? Let's do it, Ben. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I love and appreciate you, my brother. I love and appreciate you too, man. And, and I, and I got to ask you because I don't even know if we talked about this in the past before, but I'm sure people will want to know, like, what is your actual background? Because I know, you, I mean, you're not a physician, but you know a lot of stuff when it comes to the deep science. So tell, tell me about your background and all this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have a college degree, a uh, bachelor's of science. My major was international relation. I do have a minor in uh, molecular biology. So I was always kind of a science nerd, uh, you know, going through school. But as you guessed it, and, and like most guys like us, um, you know, I'm pretty much self-learned and you know, my story, which I gave on the first podcast, which I'm not going to you know, provide here, go back and listen to the first podcast. Like you said, it was amazing. Um, you know, since I started therapeutic testosterone after getting kicked in the testicles playing basketball in my late twenties, I just became this amazing, you know, astute student of pep PubMed, you know, Medline, what we had access to back then. I mean, I'm 52 years old. So, I mean, you know, this goes way back now, 23 years that I've been using uh, testosterone and almost 20 years using therapeutic peptides. So, you know, at that time, Ben, it was just kind of the wild, wild west on the internet. And thankfully, I had access to PubMed and Medline from the relationships and the friends that I met and stuff like that. And so I just really, like you said, you know, biohacked myself, was my own lab rat, was very meticulous about what I did uh, until eventually, you know, enough people who knew me were like, dude, you got to write a book about this. And so obviously, yeah, I wrote my first book, which was the definitive TRT manual it was actually done in 2014, but published in 2015. Was that the one we did a podcast on the, the TRT manual? The one we did was the second one, which was the much more advanced one, which is the TOT Bible. That was fantastic. Like that taught me so much about aromatase inhibitors and injections versus creams versus pellets. It's still one of the go-to resources, you know, you have that folder on your computer where you keep all the PDFs that you don't want to delete. It's in there. And I still review that. I still go back to when people have questions about testosterone. I've sent that to doctors who do hormone replacement therapy, who have changed some of the things that they're doing just based off of what you wrote in that book. And I won't, I won't dwell on that too much just because we have a whole podcast on it. I'll link to it in the show notes along with the book. But, you know, just to interrupt your story, I don't want to derail you too much, but you said you got kicked in the testicles and that's what got you into testosterone therapy. Yeah. I mean, I was a, you know, uh, ex college and pro basketball player and I still played in men's competitive leagues. And it was when I was 29, almost 30, it was close to being 30 when I got kicked and, um, you know, just went out of the game, uh, you know, keeled over and about six, seven weeks later started feeling the effects 
of what I had no idea at the time was, you know, type two hypogonadism. So I was lucky oh. enough to go to a PPO doctor. Type type two hypogonadism. That means it's not coming from your brain. It's coming from your testicles that, that you can't make testosterone. Yeah, it's essentially what they refer to as environmental uh, testosterone deficiency. Okay. And the PPO doctor that I went to recommended me to a urologist, I mean, an endocrinologist. Again, as you know, there's no coincidence. It's only synchronicities of the universe. And the guy that he recommended me to was a guy by the name of Dr. Raymond Scruggs, okay. who happened to be a Harvard-educated endocrinologist who was in Orange County, California. And I met with him, and he was like, this is weird. Let me run your testosterone. And when he did, you know, I had like a testosterone level – I don't remember, this is back in 1999, but like 180 to 220 or something. So, you know, classically low. And he told me that I could, you know, start therapeutic testosterone and, you know, get myself right as rain. And uh, he's like, go home, talk to your, you know, fiance at the time uh, and find out if you guys are good with it. And so, of course, you know, she was like, well, you're a smart guy. Yeah, sure. And then started using it, you know, at that time, even then there wasn't the obviously advanced protocols that we have now, but um as he said, within six to seven weeks, bro, I felt absolutely amazing. And so when I went back to him and he wanted to withdraw me, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to come off this. And so then from that point, you know, I was 30, 30 and a half. I just became a student of testosterone and of course, various other biohacking things. And eventually yeah. 12 years later, I wrote the book, you know, the, the first one, which is the TRT manual in 2014. And then of course the TOT Bible, which was written in 2018. And then you and I spoke like three months later. Did you know, by the way? Did you know that I also had a testicular injury? I I used to ride motorcycles a lot. I was super into motocross and not really racing, but I just did a lot. Uh, like every, I was homeschooled. And so typically I'd finish school around 11 a.m. or noon and I'd just be out dirt biking for like the next two or three hours. And we had all these trails cut through our land. I grew up on about six acres in North Idaho. And so I had this, this whole track out in the backyard and as i was going around one of the corners at about i was probably doing you know 30 35 miles an hour so i was really busting through this corner the front wheel hit a rock and i went flying over the handlebars and the only thing that stopped me and slowed me down was my crotch like ripped into the handlebars sent me flipping and sliding about 30 feet and i laid there for two hours until Somebody found me because I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. One of the landscapers actually found me, dragged me up to the house where they actually had an ambulance come and bring me to the hospital. My testicles were already at that point, like the size of baseballs. And I had to go through a series of visits to the urologist, to the endocrinologist. They weren't sure if I was going to be able to have kids. I remember wow. the thing I was most pissed about was I had to miss the entire basketball season that year because I couldn't jump, I couldn't run. And, you know, it wasn't until I, I uh, conceived twins with my wife that I realized I actually was fertile. I hadn't done any, you know, sperm morphology tests or anything like that. But yeah, I, I, the, the, the ultimate outcome of that really, uh, besides taking great care to protect my testicles in contact sports and motorbiking was I've, I've been shy on motorcycles ever since. But uh, I, I don't think it resulted in any type of secondary hypogonadism on my part. I think I induced more primary hypogonadism through like 20 years of endurance racing, a low carb diet yeah. and kind of a, a masochistic amount of exercise. And maybe we can get into that at some point. But ultimately, back to your story, uh, the, the testosterone optimization manual that you wrote, you said you were in 2015. And that, that's that's where I, I interrupted your story. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I mean, I, I have more questions about you. So for me, you know, the doctor was like, he's guessing that it was a combination of environmental factors, obviously, and then also being kicked, which as you know, and we can, you're right, we can get deeper into this now. I literally just came back from AMMG's medical conference and, and this is uh, congenital. Dr. Rudolph Eberwine, who works at a clinic in South Florida, did a, a presentation on EDCs, on endocrine disrupting chemicals. And it was been one of the top five presentations that I have ever seen at any medical conference. And I've been heading, I've been going to the medical conferences now for 11 years. And it was just about like how bad it is right now out in the world for young men due to, again, all of these environmental contaminants. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, then it wasn't nearly as bad for you and I back then, obviously you were injured and, you know, I was injured, but it's crazy how bad the environment is contaminated. I know, you know, Dr. Anthony J and, you know, he wrote his book, Estro Generation. And he started talking about this and was really the first guy, but now it's like measured in the studies. There's all sorts of peer review. So he published a study or he didn't publish a study, but he presented information about a study that's like three years old it shows that one out of four men between the ages of 20 and 35 have a testosterone deficiency. And the problem with that information is that that's only the men that are being measured. So imagine yeah. how bad it really is. Because a lot, a lot of guys will only measure if they feel like something's wrong. So there's probably more people out there. What, what, did, did it come up at all at the medical conference? Anything that surprised you? Because a lot of people are aware, Jay, right, of like, plastics and styrofoam and maybe the BPA on receipts at the gas station or something like that. But were, were there any particular elements that really surprised you as far as environmental barriers when it comes to testosterone production? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think your audience is because you cover this so well and you do such deep dives with so many different people on this, but dude, dirty electromagnetic frequencies are in the major cities are absolutely terrible. So, you know, obviously you already know about blue light. I mean, let's just put it this way. It's almost inescapable now for younger men and women. I mean, right now we have the worst fertility crisis in the history of the world. I mean, again, and since first world being measurement, you know, it's very difficult for 30 mid thirties and early forties couples to have kids, especially if you live again in large urban, you know, coastal population centers. I mean, it is really really bad. And I think it comes from everywhere. Again, you know, blue light, computer screens, uh, you know, being fixed on technology from video games and Netflix and all this stuff. It's rewiring dopaminergic pathways in the brain. So that, so that would be primary hypogonadism. You're not saying like, if you're shining blue light on your balls, what you're saying is the actual exposure to some of these electromagnetic frequencies can result in more of a primary hypogonadal effect. It's definitely both. I mean, you know, if you talk to the docs, you know, they, when they get a six, I mean, this is, you know, the normal story now, a 16 to 18 to 20 year old kid comes in, their parents bring them in and then they say, my son, you know, had a testosterone test done, you know, with, a, with direct labs or private MD labs or, you know, one of the independent places. And he has a 150, a 120. I mean, I had, I was talking to doctors that are seeing kids who are under 20 that have 70, less sub 100 total testosterone and free testosterone levels that are like basically non-existent. And the only thing that they can, you know, extrapolate or, you know, basically pontificate is that it's due to video games, lack of exercise, obviously crappy food. Young men are not, and you know, this goes actually to women too, because you could make the same argument with women in that many of them are quote unquote reaching puberty earlier, menstruating earlier. It's just basically the, the way that they are living is different than the way that you and I lived. People are not outside grounding in nature. They're not taking part in athletics. Again, there's obviously yeah. various people that are, but the Some majority is not. 
not not my sons. Maybe I need to buy my son some EMF blocking underwear, which I actually own and use. I'm not like brand specific, but I think there's one company called Lambs. There's another company make called Snowballs, and they make the the icing underwear or the, or the underwear that keeps the temperature cool, which is a yeah. whole different discussion. But man, yeah. my sons are eating fresh eggs from the chickens. They're outside in the sunshine all day. They're rarely on devices except for school, and they're finally starting yeah. to go through puberty. And, you know, they're, they're rolling in jiu-jitsu, they're playing tennis, they're lifting weights. And now when I, you know, like when you hug your kids, like I'll hug them in the morning and they'll hug me back and it'll be like a vice grip. And it's kind of cool to That's see, awesome. see my sons going through puberty and, you know, developing muscles and fitness and drive and aggression. And I feel pretty good about where they're at. But based on what you've just described, I probably should buy them some EMF blocking, you know, te- teenage boy boxers. That's what you have to do. I mean, uh, you know, my daughters are 15 and 13 and they're also very athletically inclined. My 15 year old is in uh, cheer and gymnastics. You know, she flips across the room like 12 times. But as parents, we really do have to be proactive and obviously teach them, you know, healthy habits. And again, I know your books, you know, do a great job on all this. And again, I don't want to rabbit hole on this, but, it, you know, the, the situation is that right now, our society, at least in the West, is being contaminated. It's like a multiple multi-siege, you know, environmental contamination effect across everyone, both male and females. And again, if you're not proactive and do the things that you and I talk about all the time, uh, you're behind the eight ball and it's happening now for younger and younger men, which is just, you know, literally insane. But to get back to like the original, you know, thread of, you know, me writing about testosterone and then just becoming my own biohacker, you know, I was using peptides, Ben, since 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in like the deepest part of like when I was really into the self-experimentation and using testosterone on myself. Uh, and by the way, I've used, you know, as I said in the first podcast, I've used every injectable, I mean, delivery system, including injections. Intranasal. What about intranasal? So I haven't used intranasal, but I'm very familiar with it. You know, Dr. Remisami in Miami is kind of the guy uh, that was really behind doing that. Uh, and now they have obviously Natesto is actually an FDA approved form of testosterone. Some people tell me that it's okay, but majority of people that I've spoken to and also physicians that have prescribed it says that most patients that use it get headaches and various other quote unquote side effects or irregularities. So, I mean, it's like everything, you know, some things work for some people, some things don't, but you know, with testosterone, it's still the same old tried and true. Uh, the two best delivery systems by far are injectable. And again, when I say best, I mean to simulate the body's natural, you know, diurnal pulsal release of endogenous testosterone. And that's going to be either daily injections, microdose injections, or every other day, or what I use, which is the transcrotal uh, testosterone cream, which again, you place on the base of your scrotum. And again, the reason that is, is it's eight times more permeable. And that's through like eight or nine, maybe even more now scientific studies that show that. And, and again, that's also the half-life of transcrotal testosterone. Again, is 200 milligrams per milliliter uh, testosterone is about four to six hours. Now, all men and of course women excrete testosterone differently. They cleave it in the bloodstream molecularly at different rates and speeds. Um, and so some people who are quote unquote hyper excretors of testosterone, both male and female may need a second dosage of cream in the day. Mm-hmm. But again, everybody's different on that stuff. So there are now, as I was telling you a year ago, there are oral delivery systems that are attempting to be patented. There's a couple that are already FDA approved. They're so weak. 
you know, in all the studies, they get guys testosterone to like 300 to 400 and, you know, free to like 20 to 25. But, you know, for anybody who's a clinician who's doing this regularly and understands this, that's not optimal, you know, especially when we understand that as we age, our natural production is cessating or, you know, lessening. So why would we want, you know, normal of lessening when we, when we can have optimal. So, I mean, again, it's always the same thing. It's like, if you're going to work with a physician that does this, make sure they understand how to do it and that they've been working with a lot of different patients for a long time. For kind of like the average guy, even though I know averages are tough to approximate, using something like the scrotal cream approach and doing the microdosing that you recommended simply because, as you alluded to on the last podcast, these big bullish injections in no way simulate the natural diurnal variation of testosterone that should occur from day to day. And so you do something like the microdose injection, or as you alluded to, the microdose cream, about how many milligrams in the average dose of cream would you use if you're doing like a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the evening scrotally? The bigger problem is that across the world now, there's a lot of different compounding pharmacies. And we're going to talk about compounding pharmacies at the end of this podcast because it's a very important point. You're compounding various different milligram dosage amounts, right? So at the beginning, as you know, all of the quote unquote bad studies that were done on uh, transdermal testosterone were androgel, which was 50 milligrams per milliliter, which is absolutely almost a non-existent amount of testosterone when you understand uh, how testosterone, again, is molecularly cleaved in the bloodstream for men as we age. So that dosage and delivery system was absolutely useless because nobody ever got any kind of even restoration or optimization. And now you have compounders making 100 milligrams per milliliter, uh, even 150. But all the studies that show benefit are at 200 milligrams per milliliter. And there's like three different the three different brands. There's like HRT, there's Atrovacious, and I forget the other one, um, but it doesn't matter. They're all basically compounded 200 milligrams per milliliter. So to answer your question, normally the recommendation for scripts, for docs that write scripts for this, for men, is two to three clicks in a top eight click applicator, right? So you just kind of twist it until it comes out twice or three times. And that's either going to be dosed one time in the morning and possibly uh, another two to three clicks in the afternoon. And again, everybody's going to be different. How many milligrams would there be in a click or in two to three clicks? Well, so it's uh, it, it's 200 milligrams per milliliter. So basically three clicks is going to be 200 milligrams, okay. right? So if you're doing two clicks, you're probably somewhere between 100 and 150 milligrams now. So, you, so you'd be at like two and a half to three grams per week? Yes, but here's the thing. You can't extrapolate milligrams and grams from injectable to milligrams and grams in cream because of the delivery. So, I mean, because the half-life is so much shorter. So- in transdermal, even all that much, the way it's cleaved in the bloodstream, most of it is not used and it's not accessible. So that's why it's a, that's much higher dosage than actually the injectable, which again is a higher impact delivery system because it crosses the blood-brain barrier and also gets into portal circulation faster. So hmm. it's just something to understand that the difference between injectable and cream is that the way it's uh, molecularly absorbed is totally different. And that's why you need a higher dose of the cream. And again, the sh it's just a much shorter half-life. Some people if they use three clicks in the morning and they're a hyper excreter of testosterone, they could literally be almost efficient by six or seven o'clock at night. You know what wow. I mean? And so that's why they take a second dosage. Um, but for me, I I've never had to take a second dosage. I'm not a hyper excreter. I usually take two to three clicks. 
Uh, if I go away on a weekend with my wife and we want to get frisky or something like that, maybe I'll apply another couple clicks in the afternoon. You notice the effects that acutely, huh? Yeah. I mean, again, because the half-life is so short. So, you know, most guys who start with uh, the cream are going to notice something within, you know, first-time users are going to notice something within 48 hours without question. You're going to notice enhanced dopamine signaling. Uh, you're going to enhance well-being. Uh, better energy, and again, this is just the way the testosterone molecule cleaves and, and and estrophizes in the bloodstream. But again, we're all different, and you know, when you're working with a physician that understands how to you know prescribe this, they're going to notice your effects and and you know work with you and connect with you and communicate with you over the first couple of weeks that you do it to kind of really tailor your dosage or titrate down or even maybe titrate up. And again, we're all so different. I mean, I see a lot of people that just are like, dude, I have to take a second dosage of the cream. Because by four or five o'clock, I start feeling down. Wow. So, you know, one of the things that Dr. J and again, all the, there's so many of them out there now, you probably know 20 people that look at people's DNA and analyze uh, polymorphisms and all that stuff. They can tell you if you're a hyper excreter. Um, some people too, when they take therapeutic testosterone, they have magnesium depletion issues and it literally freaks them out. I won't tell you stories of things that I've heard from some of my doctor friends about working with people who have that issue. And what happens to them, they get like go paranoid and have anxiety. I mean, it's a very small percentage of people, but, uh, you know, obviously for the most part, most people who use therapeutic testosterone feel amazing on it. Why, why do some folks recommend instead of getting on therapeutic testosterone to take something like Clomid or some kind of aromatase inhibitor? What's the logic behind that? Well, there's no logic behind using an aromatase inhibitor for testosterone optimization other than just misreading the studies or the science as you know, on our first podcast, and as I continue to be a beacon of knowledge when it comes to teaching people, we'd never want to ever block estrogen under any circumstances. And of course, when I say under any circumstances, there's always an outlier position. But for people using therapeutic testosterone, and this even goes into the bodybuilding world, who are using obviously you know high dosages, super physiologic levels, testosterone is the anabolic signal with along with DHT, which is dihydrotestosterone. But the protective effects come from estradiol, which obviously aromatizes into estrogen. And we need healthy, and I would even argue high levels of estrogen to confer protection to all of our biological systems, right? So the heart, the vasculature, the brain, bone mineral density, all of these various organ and biological systems in our body are protected by higher levels of estrogen. And all of the science shows this, but there has been a mis- interpretation and also a mis-extrapolation of seeing men who have high estrogen levels, but also high inflammation and visceral fat levels. Mm. And so what ends up happening is, is they correlate the high inflammation and high visceral fat with the high estrogen. And then they tell people, and when I say they, I'm talking about doctors who misread this, that there are high estrogen symptoms. There's no such thing as high, high estrogen symptoms. This is a total misinterpretation. There's high inflammation due to high levels of fat, obviously estrogenic fat, which again is visceral body fat. And that is all due to metabolic dysregulation, again, from like obesity, too much belly fat, blah, blah, blah. So there's no such thing as high estrogen symptoms. There's just high inflammation and high uh, estrogenic body fat, which again is visceral body fat, which is extremely inflammatory. So this is where people get confused. So when you take therapeutic testosterone, you never block estrogen because you need as much estrogen as possible to confer all of the healthy effects that estrogen, again, confers to all of those organ systems. Now, bodybuilders, 
you know, we'll take AIs and take also SERMs, which are selective estrogen receptor modulators for various things. Uh, because again, they're taking super physiologic levels. And when you take that high of levels, and by the way, we're not talking about what you and I are talking about. We're just kind of just making this uh, aside so people understand this. But even when they take massive levels of steroids and other things, they obviously have a lot of aromatization from all the various drugs, blocking the side effects that come from that, which are obviously water retention, mood imbalances, just kind of like not feeling stable because you have so much drug circulating in your system. Taking an AI to suppress, again, what they think are the side effects from it is so harmful. Um, there's a lot of people out there now, physicians that are doing tests. You can do DEXA scans. You can also do biological age tests. And you can see what AIs, which again, are aromatase inhibitor blocking medications do to your biological age, to your telomeres. I mean, they're basically cell decayance. I mean, literally, I would say over time, and again, you know, when the, when there's more data from the biological age tests aggregators, you'll be able to see what people they're using when they use AIs. And by the way, this also is going to get into, as we get deeper into this, when we talk about hair regrowth and loss, it's the same thing with DHT inhibitors. So basically all of these things that block natural God-given created systems in the human. You mean like Rogaine or something like that? Dude, all of them. Okay. Now, obviously the clinical versions are stronger than the over-the-counter versions like Rogaine, but yeah, like finasteride and dutasteride, all of these five DHT inhibitors, PD-5 or whatever inhibitors. I mean, all of these things are horrible to biological system health. And again, in the next three to five years, my assumption, and maybe it'll take even longer because everything moves so slow in medicine, we are going to start seeing that men who have been using high-dose AIs and high-dose DHT inhibitors are having really poor biological age values because of what they're doing to the telomeres. Okay, so I don't drink much alcohol these days. I was out with my wife the other night. We were on a date, and sometimes when we go on a date, I'll have a cocktail before dinner or with the appetizers, and sometimes I'll even have a glass of wine or split a glass of wine with her during dinner. I know I'm such a Tito or whatever you call it, lush. Anyways, the last time we did this, I took a shot of this stuff called Z-Biotics. Apparently, it's a probiotic that's a genetically engineered and super precise form of bacteria that metabolizes alcohol for you, designed to work just like your liver, but in your gut where you actually need the enzymes to break alcohol down. So yeah, you could rehydrate and take activated charcoal and all this other stuff, but that's not breaking down the alcohol. That's just kind of fighting against the side effects. This stuff actually gets rid of the alcohol after you consume it or the, the nasty alcohol metabolites. It's crazy. And I felt amazing the next day, even though I'd had a cocktail and a glass of wine, which I know weak sauce would normally kick my butt. So the Z-Biotic stuff is super interesting. I think it's going to be a keeper for me. And the thing is, it's this tiny little probiotic shot. Tastes great. You just drink a little bit. And it gets rid of this unwanted byproduct, a chemical byproduct of alcohol called acetaldehyde. So you drink a little bit right before you drink. I think it works if you take it right after, but you could also ideally take it before. Helps a ton. So anyways, if you want to have a cocktail and you want to feel great afterwards and you want this chemical that can help to break down alcohol or this probiotic rather, that can help to break down alcohol then you should check this stuff out. You get 15% off zbiotics.com slash Ben, Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S.com, zbiotics.com slash Ben. 
get you 15% off your first order. Use code Ben at checkout. They're backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. So you go to zbiotics.com slash Ben and use code Ben at checkout for 15% off. It's pretty amazing. Try it out the next time you're on date night. All right. You've been waiting for it. You've been asking for it after hours upon hours of editing and recording and bringing in some of the most amazing parents on the planet. The Boundless Parenting audiobook is now available wherever you get audiobooks. So this isn't any old audiobook. You've got me giving you my chapter with a lot of extra goodies that aren't even in the printed book. My wife doing the same thing. Nearly every parent featured within the book sat down and recorded their audio version of their chapter so you can hear this stuff straight from their mouths. And the entire book just came together fantastically. If you want to learn how to build legacy, if you want to learn education and disciplinary and wisdom building principles from some of the most amazing parents on the planet who have proven models of successful parenting and you want it in a highly entertaining, practical, easy to understand, easy to apply format, you got to get this book. So the printable book and the audio book, you can get either version or both at boundlessparentingbook.com. Boundlessparentingbook.com. And again, the audiobook is out now. So wherever fine, fine audiobooks are found, you can grab this thing. I've gotten so much great feedback. It's changed the lives already of parents, grandparents, educators, families. And again, this is consolidated wisdom from entrepreneurs, billionaires, moms, dads, pastors, education experts, legacy builders, wealth managers, and other just absolutely earth-shaking parents. They've all come together to share their tips, their tactics, and their tools with you. So it's the brand new Boundless Parenting audiobook. Check it out at boundlessparentingbook.com. You know, my intention for having you on the show today, Jay, was actually to talk about peptides, and we've we've already taken a deep dive into testosterone, and I'm. But it's good because you have a huge audience. People need to understand this. You know, I should make sure that I mention again. You guys need to read Jay's book and listen to our previous podcast on testosterone, because even though I I would love to ask Jay additional questions about estrogens and liver metabolism and some dosing questions. I actually really want to make sure that we talk about peptides today. Absolutely. And, and by the way, also read this new book by Darren Olean called Fatal Conveniences. I think it's called Fatal Conveniences or how oh, I got to look at my shelf. It's back there somewhere. Anyways, read it. Uh, new book by Darren Olean. If you want to wrap your head around some environmental factors that might not be so great from an estrogenic or testosterone standpoint. But back to peptides, Jay. You know, you sent me this package and I've never really ordered peptides from the internet because you know, the, the general consensus, at least to my understanding, has been issues with purity, issues with some of these pharmacies, and issues with you potentially emptying your pocketbook on what could be very expensive peptides with low efficacy or impurities. Saline water. Yet you, 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 you <laughs> swore to me that what you were about to send me was, you know, the, the equivalent or, or safe or, you know, what I could be getting currently uh, through a physician, which is obviously a little less convenient than just being able to go order your peptides from the internet or, you know, from something like this, this new website, what's it called? Limitless Life, uh, Limitless Life website that you've made. So what is going on exactly with this ability to be able to now order peptides from the internet? So first off, I just want to say, I agree with you. Uh, you know, for, so from my personal perspective, as I told you, I've been using peptides since 2004. I always, in the beginning, 
I mean, first off, in 2004, doctors weren't prescribing peptides anyway. There was no, nobody knew anything about peptides unless you were involved well, insulin. in insulin. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But I mean, from a standpoint of, you know, from a clinical compounding pharmacy prescribing peptides as they have in the, let's say the last six or seven years, there was nobody that was involved in peptides. Uh, and you got it from like basically being in underground forums, you know, bodybuilding, new net groups and stuff like that. And so my first uh, foray into peptides was using ipamorelin in 2004. And it's really funny because I, I I think you know this. I did a podcast in early March on uh, our friends, our mutual friends, Mind Pump, you know, Sal, Adam, Doug, and all those guys. And we went really, really deep on um, peptides. And it was an amazing podcast, you know, for the for the public and, of course, for their audience and for a lot of people. But I'll include that in the show notes. They're great, the Mind Pump guys. They are, dude. And it was an amazing podcast. Yeah, I'd definitely point to that. It'd be really helpful for a lot of people. But a lot of people that listen to that, to their audience, heard me talk about Southern Research Company. And this was the company in Texas that I and everybody else that was using peptides, you know, which there was obviously a very rogue, small group of humans back then that were using it. But like there were people in that audience that heard that and they were like, this guy's legit. And they messaged me and they're like, whatever happened to them? And I'm like, man, your guess is as good as my guess. But again, 2004 through 2006, I was using Ipamorelin through Southern Research Company in Texas, whoever they were. And obviously, again, they were back. I mean, I know who they were without you know getting anybody in trouble. They were basically the back office operation of a compound pharmacy that was just selling these things on the internet, you know, through bodybuilding magazines and underground forums. And dude, Ipamorelin was the most profound thing at the time that I had ever used. I mean, next to testosterone, and then as you know, and we can go deeper on this, and obviously I write about this in the book with the God stack and all these other things, testosterone and growth hormone inducing peptides and of course human growth hormone itself have a synergistic effect. And so when you're using a surgically precise dose of testosterone and growth hormone or any peptide inducing growth hormone, you know, like ipamorel and testamorel and CJC, we'll talk about those. Um, they're just amazing together. So when I started using ipamorel and I was like, wow, I got leaner. Uh, I put on maybe three to five pounds of muscle. My training was better. My sleep was incredible. But to originally your question, it's weird because, you know, again, with compounding pharmacies, selling peptides through prescriptions with doctors in the last six or seven years, and then previous with my experience using research chemical companies, I was reluctant, like you, you know, to talk about research chemical companies. But Limitless Life Nootropics, the owner who I'm obviously a very close personal friend with, Chris Mercer, he actually does certificates of authenticity on all of his peptides. He also is the only guy I know in the industry. And again, I'll mention names. You know, there's obviously Peptide Sciences is a big and great company. They've been selling peptides for close to, I think, a decade now, somewhere between eight and 10 years. And they're by far the biggest outfit from a you know gross revenue standpoint in the industry for peptides. But they're not testing their peptides. And Chris came to me you know, two years ago and was like, look, man, I follow you. You know, I think you're awesome, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in promoting my peptides? Uh, there's a reason I want you to, and here's the reason. And then him and I obviously became really good friends. So fast forward to now, you know, obviously since the book launched, you know, I have uh, affiliate links in the book, of course, to Limitless and Limitless has exploded. I mean, they went from, you know, doing, I mean, they're basically doing seven to eight times of revenue a month than they were doing before the book launched. And obviously wow. the mind pump podcast helped there's the book is selling like crazy on, uh, on Amazon. Of course, a lot of people, Ben are looking at peptides. What's the name of the book? It's called optimize your health with therapeutic peptides. Okay. 
Yeah. And then there's a subtitle. And so, so these limitless life peptides, they have a certificate of authenticity. Are they doing something different that other compounding pharmacists aren't that allow them to maintain that purity? It's hard for me to answer that because I don't know. This is what I'll say. I don't know of any compounder or research chemical company. We can talk about the difference between research chemical companies and compound pharmacies if you want. I'm happy to. But I don't know anybody that's actually going out on the line and and paying an independent third-party company to test their peptides because it costs money, one. And number two, they're using an FDA-registered DEA-certified lab to do it. Right. So whether they're a compounder or a research chemical company, who's actually doing that? Now, again, the compound people will hear this podcast and they'll say, Ben, that's just part of the deal if you're a compounder. Well, is it? I mean, again, who's testing the compounders? Yeah, that that makes sense. Well, I, I can tell you that I began to use what you sent last week and I had forgotten you know, you brought up ipamorelin. You sent me ipamorelin and tesamorelin. You actually asked me about a few of the things that I'd want to try. And I named those two because I did a stint of them a couple of years ago. I think I did uh, two different eight to 12 week stints of them during the year and saw profound increases in lean muscle gain and fat loss, despite no significant changes in diet and exercise. And, you know, my sleep score has been like 92 to 95% for the past week since I started doing that. I actually do the ipamorelin injection in the morning and the tesamorelin in the evening. And yeah, I had forgotten how unstoppable you feel when you're taking these things. And and so the ipamorelin and the tesamorelin, why is it that that compound or that, or that, that stack seems to work so well? That is a really good question. So I obviously we wrote about that in the book. So I know, you know, you already mentioned Nick, you know, Nick Andrews and I were involved in writing the book. We obviously produced the course, which you were so gracious to promote for us last year. And then we're going to talk about a new course that's coming that's going to be for babies. And then let's just take a step back before I answer your question. I think you know this, you know, your audience is a lot bigger than mine. I mean, the reality is, is that peptides represent this like new form of let's call it quantum healing in medicine, right? And in the last three years, regardless of our opinions of what have happened, a lot of people feel burned. They have lost trust in allopathic medicine. Uh, They've lost trust in, you know, let's call it the system. And so what's happening right now is a lot of people are coming into, you know, let's just call it collective awakening or mass consciousness. And they're like peptides. And Hmm. I don't want to rabbit hole and talk to them about bioregulators, but I know we're going to be talking about that because that's even a bigger thing coming because they're orals and not injectables. But the biggest issue with peptides, as you know, and you just said it, you're like, oh, I injected this at night and this in the morning. Ben, that literally eliminates from our, you know, internal Jay Campbell team's surveys and questionnaires that we do, 85% of people are still too afraid to inject themselves, right? Like you and I can sit there and we can show them that it's a 32 or 31 gauge insulin needle and you can jab yourself anywhere and you won't even feel it. Basically what, what millions of diabetics do daily. Exactly. But Again, it's a hang up. It's actually called tyrannophobia, which is a fear of needles, needle phobia, but it's called tyrannophobia, fear of injections. Yes, that was a fear of dinosaurs, but it makes sense. <laughs> it's the craziest name, what it means. Yeah, me too, tyrannophobia. But the reality is, is that you got 85% of the public that will not inject themselves. So like we can sit up here and we can talk about how amazing these things are, but there's still this like level of fear that the consumer, the end user has to overcome. And once they do, I mean, obviously it's simple, right? It's like brushing your teeth, but 
it's very interesting because that's the biggest bugaboo as I've gotten so deep into this. And and honestly, as I told you four months ago, and, and you were obviously very gracious to write the forward for the book, and I'm very grateful about that. And I appreciate you guys always say, man, I truly love and appreciate what you do for me. Embarrassingly live on the podcast, could not remember the title of the book I wrote the foreword for, but I remember it was quite good. <laughs> you got you talk to a lot of people, bro. It's okay. No, but seriously, like truthfully, um, it's crazy to see how big peptides are becoming right now in the mass consciousness. I mean, I cannot handle my assistants cannot handle the emails and the messages that I'm getting. And so I'm letting you know, a forewarning as when this podcast <laughs> runs, man, you are going to be getting so many people message you asking you questions, not that you don't already, but you know, about this, because this is just such a big thing right now. But at the end of the day, injecting yourself is like I said, brushing your teeth after you do it once, perhaps twice, you're never going to be afraid of it. You're not going to have fear of it. It's something that's very easy to do. It doesn't require any kind of skill. You know, watch one video, listen to me and you talk about it. The next course that I have coming, which is called Peptides Demystified, is uh, going to be a basic intro newbies, total neophyte level course on how to do this with all of the questions that people have that you and I take for granted, you know, again, how to prepare your needle, how to use bacterial static water, how to inject a peptide, all this kind of stuff. So it's going to be much more helpful. And, you know, I will apologize to the audience, not your audience, but the world at large and say, you know, I really took for granted a lot of the basics because I've been using peptides for so long, but, you know, most people have no familiarity with them at all. So I'm really grateful now that there's, you know, obviously you giving me this forum um and obviously the mind pump guys too to really talk about this because i'm telling you man it's mind-blowing how many people are interested in peptides i assume for back to that very simple stack that i think is is quite excellent especially for any exercise or fitness enthusiast or someone looking for the simultaneous muscle gain and fat loss effects that with ipamorelin in the morning and tessamorelin in the evening especially based off what i've seen in sleep parameters that the primary effect going on is is a growth hormone inducing effect hundred percent. And, and to, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. That is the strongest mixture of peptides for exactly what you said to produce size and strength gains and also to minimize fat deposition. Now, as you know, and your audience of course knows too, body fat loss and muscle gain is always relative to caloric intake, right? Like you're not going to magically put on 20 pounds of muscle by using, uh, Tessa and Ipa unless you eat relative to doing that which I have been doing, by the way, I, I've put on 10 pounds in the past month and a half, even though I only That's began awesome. taking these peptides a week and a half ago. I can tell in your chest right now, by the way, bro, it's pretty swole. The impetus for that, thank you, is <laughs> that, that I, I weigh 182 right now after being in the 168 to 170 range for the longest time. And I'm six foot two. So that's, that's, that's pretty light, all things considered. And my sons and I have a free diving course coming up and a spearfishing trip off the coast of North Carolina. So all three of us have been making an attempt to put on a little bit of extra cushioning and insulation, so to speak. My strategy, I interviewed this guy named Michael Chernow about morning routines and habits, and he has an oatmeal company. It's like oatmeal with collagen and pumpkin seeds and chia seeds and obviously nice. carbohydrates if you're lean or if you're a hard gainer, carbohydrates are kind of the secret sauce for putting on a little bit of extra mass. So all I've been doing is consuming 
one to two packets of those 350 calorie oatmeal doses per day. And that's awesome. My weight gain has gone through the roof. And the, and the interesting side effect is anyone who's been low carb or keto has probably experienced is that when you increase carbohydrates, there seems to be a pretty potent androgenic effect. So totally. despite me not injecting the tanning peptide that my wife is using, I have been waking up multiple times per night with a raging tent pitched. And I think it's due to that carbohydrate intake. So we're rabbit holing a little bit. But that tesamorel and ipamorelin combo, as you alluded to, especially if you're eating adequate calories, seems to really move the dial for people who want to put on a little bit more muscle in the gym. But kind of related to that in the gym activities, there was a peptide I was kind of intrigued with that I believe when I interviewed, I think it was Ryan Smith, who runs the True Diagnostics age testing company, yep. had described as something that when he began taking it, added something like seven inches to his vertical jump, which sounds like a stupid as seen on TV, overhyped commercial type of claim. But it was called 5-amino-1-MQ. Is that correct? MQ. 5-amino-1-MQ. I never used it. You sent me a bottle. It's an oral peptide. And so I began taking that in the morning when I'd inject the epimorelin. My workouts have been... So I use that ARX machine, which quantifies force production. I believe what Ryan was saying because I feel like I've all of a sudden sprouted new motor neurons or new muscle fibers or something. But describe to me what's going on with this 5-amino-1-MQ. I'm, I'm very surprised I hadn't kind of started to use it before with the effects that I've seen. It's pretty crazy. Before I do that, let me just finish on Tessa and Ippa because you, 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 you nailed it. Um, Tessa and Ippa have a synergistic effect. Uh, Ippa is a GNRH and uh, Tessa is the opposite, whatever it's called, the GNRR. Gonadotropin-releasing hormone, is that... Yeah. Okay. So combined, they create massive intracellular water retention, which is going to swell you up. I mean, that's why your boobs are so pumped right now, bro. I mean, like literally taking both of those increases, like you said, I mean, combined with the carbohydrate intake, it's, it's swelling your muscles. So you're going to be a lot stronger. And then yes, you will have, uh, you know, through your contractile force training with ARX, you're going to have, you know, hypertrophy. I mean, it's, it's happening. And then by the way, now that you're using the five amino to swing into that, that's going to be absolutely permanent, just intracellular skeletal mass or lean muscle gain. So what five amino does is it optimizes and upregulates your mitochondria, right? So uh, uh, Limitless has two formulations, which he sent you both. He sent you the capsules and he also sent you the powder. The powder actually has NMN in it. You mean nicotinamide mononucleotide, the same NAD precursor many people are using? Exactly. Okay. Right. And he's got the perfect dosage in there. And again, remember, it's a synthesized powder. I mean, dude, we could go rabbit hole right now. We could talk about some of the NMI, you know, supplements out there, which I think are mostly horse manure because I don't think that they're synthesized correctly and I don't think they're in the right dosage. Uh, but without disparaging supplement companies or anything like that, I, I definitely know because I've used it myself like you have, uh, that the effect that you're feeling is totally real. The problem with 5-amino, and it's not a problem, but in my ex experience and others, it you build up antibodies on it pretty quickly. So mm. I would tell you that you probably are going to get four to six weeks of feeling unreal. It definitely does. It definitely does increase, you know, vascular density. I mean, you're going to, you're going to feel stronger and more energized on it. And like you said, combined with Ipa and Tessa, 
you're going to be diesel. I mean, you're going to be so strong. Yeah. Based on that effect you noted, I do with all peptides go five days on, two days off. And I only use them for short stints during a year, eight to 12 weeks. And part of that is also based on the research I've seen out of Russia from Dr. Kavinson. And this might be yep. a good way for us to get into the bioregulatory peptides on the age reversal and also mitochondrial effects and decrease in all-cause risk of mortality with some relatively short peptide bioregulator stints of around 10 days, you know, one to two times a year. And so unlike many supplements people might be used to, like say fish oil or creatine, these seem to be pretty effective when cycled, possibly due to that effect that you noted of the body simply getting used to them, possibly something else. But these bioregulators, you know, you, you mentioned they're, they're available orally, I believe also in injectable format. Why is it that those seem to be even more effective than peptides? I mean, man, it's an amazing question. I mean, I don't want to sound like the biggest hype and pitch man of all time, but I will give you credit. When you did the podcast with Phil Mikens uh, on bioregulators, <laughs> I literally was calling you the day before said, hey, do you know, can you connect me with him or whatever? And then like, <laughs> like two that. days later, your podcast runs. <laughs> but like, so since your podcast motivated me and my team. I've interviewed him and my, my uh, two copywriters have interviewed him and we're basically writing the be all end all articles on all of, let's say the top 20 bioregulators, right? So to just, just to say what, you know, to echo what you did in your first podcast and what I did with mine and him and now the articles that we're writing bioregulators, you know, no smoke and mirrors and no bullshit have the opportunity to be bigger than peptides. And again, for the simple reason that you and I already announced they're mostly oral capsules. They fall under, uh, you know, various the various governing regulatory agencies across the world hmm. uh, nutritional supplements. Okay. They're on Amazon right now. Unlike the injections, the, these are far easier to get your hands on, is what you're saying. And people will use them, right? Uh -huh. So you're going to have, you know, patient and consumer adherence versus the injectables. People are either afraid or just won't do it all together because of that. But the truth is, is bioregulators are amazing. You already said it with Kavinson that, you know, for a long time, all of the bioregulators were due to Russian patent law were prohibited from being in the West. Now, something has happened uh, in the last year, which I've attempted to ask questions and I don't really get any feedback from anybody other than that. Whatever is going on between Russia, Ukraine, the U.S. and China has somehow allowed these things into the West now. And like I said, they're on Amazon obviously anti-aging systems through their uh, website, Profound Health, which you and I are, of course, both affiliates for, are uh, pushing them into the into the wild now, too. Uh, I'm looking into uh, companies that can potentially bring them to the States and build, you know, a, a lab here to get involved in them. But, I mean, dude, honestly, like, when you really look at what these things do, they are way bigger, potentially, than even peptides. And we can get into the synergies of using them together, but they're, they're tissue-specific, they're organ system specific, and they're also, when used in combination with peptides, biological, I'm sorry, biological system upregulating uh, capable. And so they're just, they're unreal. And again, they have no side effects ever measured. There's like 35 to 40 years of published research in Russia and Bulgaria using bioregulators that goes way back again, because Kavinson patented them and Russia patent law was preventing them from being in the West. We don't have any research. I mean, there's some, but very minimal amount of peer review on them. But again, that's not the case, you know, in Russia and again, Bulgaria, where they've been used. 
But for most people that have been using them that I have talked to, and I want to give a shout out uh, to a guy that both of us know, Dean Henry, uh, who's over in the UAE. He says, Ben might not remember me, but I, I remember met him Dean. in 2019. Yep. Okay, cool. I met him in Dubai. You do remember him. So, yeah, awesome. Exactly. So, uh, so shout out to Dean. He's an amazing guy. He's been using bioregulators with himself and his clients for over five years now. And he's just, he just raves about like six different ones. You know, maybe you and I will do another podcast at some point and we can go down maybe six months to a year from now when we use more of them because they're really starting to become available now. Um, they really are profound. I'll, I'll just give you this story. I like to talk about it like this. Imagine, so for men, you know, you are 40 now and, and getting older. I'm 52. Basically, anybody 40 and up, as we get older, our prostate, you know, through what is known as BPH, benign prostate hypertrophy, increases in size. And when it increases in size, it obviously causes issues with our bladder. Uh, you know, it puts pressure on, you know, the machinery down there so that most guys have to wake up in the middle of the night as they age and take a pee. Imagine taking a prostate bioregulator that literally specifically targets the prostate, Ben, and shrinks it as you age. Hmm. And that's what this does. Now, also extrapolate that to ovaries for women, the adrenal glands, and again, on and on, so forth and so forth with every different biological system. And all of them, again, specifically target those specific tissues and organ systems uh, without side effects hmm. and they're orals. And, and by the way, they're not expensive. You take them, you know, most dosing protocols are 10 days in a row with then another 30 to 45 days off and then 10 days in a row again. And then you get to a place of like, you know, you can do tests or whatever and see where you are and see what your functioning is. And you might not need them anymore. So, I mean, you can imagine how big these are potentially. Do you use the tanning peptide that I mentioned that my wife started taking that she's very happy about? And, and mention the name of it too, Milano, Milano Tan. It's Melanotan 1, Melanotan 1. Melanotan 2 is also out there, uh, but I like Melanotan 1. I mean, they're both fine, but I like Melanotan 1 because of like, I wrote about that in the TOT Bible in the Agents of Change chapter, and I also write about it in the newest peptide book. Um, it has the ability for people like us that are, you know, do, do a lot of inner work and meditation, introspection, contemplation uh, to enhance consciousness. Now, really? when I wrote about that, yeah. When I wrote about that first in the TOT Bible, it was very speculative because I was reading articles from Frank Barr, who was like one of the leading researchers in the world on melanin cortoid receptor complexes. And so I have a bunch of his research included in the TOT Bible in that chapter about that. But then as I started reading more of it and I started using melanotan more often in my life, uh, first off, I permanently changed the complexion of my skin. I mean, I'm you know white as Northern European white boy. And, you know, since I started using it in 2009, 2010, I've definitely darkened my skin. Uh, I, I have less sensitivity to the sun. You know, now I'm living in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I'm pretty much in the sun every single day. And I'm, you know, I stay tan year round and I don't burn. I, I used to burn. I don't burn anymore. Hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, the most profound effect when I use it, I use it maybe a couple times a week and very micro dosages. The dosages are, of course, listed in the book. Um, when I go out in the morning and I meditate or sun gaze, I mean, it's insane, dude. Like I, I it's just a different level, you know, 15 to yeah. 20 minutes. I can get into what I call total stillness, Wow. you know, not technically leave my body, although I can do that if I really want to, but I just, I just get into that center centered stillness aspect a lot better and faster since I started using M1. And unlike another popular consciousness enhancer, ketamine, you know, such as an intranasal dose of ketamine, which some people will use you know, pre breath work or pre-meditation for the dissociative effect, but 
also gives you a little bit of a, a droopy dick. The opposite seems to occur with melanotan. Uh, this priapasmic effect that dictates that I can't take it because I don't sleep. Is that common amongst all men? Because it sounds like you use it, but maybe it's because I was using melanotan too. Yeah, that's probably why. That's probably why. And honestly, I don't like melanotan too. For women, melanotan too darkens their skin, but obviously they don't have the sexual uh, function enhancement or anything like that. Obviously, PT-141 is another one. Chris doesn't have that. Limitless doesn't sell that because mm. that's a scripted controlled medication now that big pharma sells. I forget what it's called. It's called afroblemonotide or something like that. But that's a sexual enhancing, uh, quote unquote, peptide that can cause uh, really strong erections. But I am also not a big believer or supporter of that either because I'm a total non-responder to that. And like 40% huh. of men are non-responders to that. But for you with melanotan too, it can cause that enhanced erection aspect. I seem to be a hyper responder to just about any so-called dick drug. As a matter of fact, that PT-141 that you talked about, I do have some trochees that were compounded for me that I keep on hand for date nights. And it's so powerful that the first time I got it, I took it because I planned on taking my wife on a date that evening. But I took it at like 3 p.m. prior to some phone calls. And then as I'm prone to do, I headed out to walk on some farm roads behind the house out in the sunshine to do phone calls. And a half hour into the first walk, I had a raging erection. I wasn't thinking about anything sexual. You know, I, I, I was in total business mode. And it just wouldn't go away. And it stayed, I mean, even on our, on our date, I had to wear the tight pants and, you know, kind of like cinch the boxers up and, you know, obviously the effects were as intended, but that stuff is dang powerful, that PT-141. And honestly, that's why I don't like it. Like, well, first off, it's weird. I don't respond to that at all, but yeah, I mean, I've heard many stories, but yeah, if you get, you know, that's obviously a condition, you know, uh, called a preaprism. And if, if you get it and it affects you that much, dude, you can have a heart on for nine, year, nine hours in a row and it's a nightmare. It is. It is pretty inconvenient. So how long do you think it is that this stuff stays legal? Like, I'm just thinking about somebody listening and they hear this podcast like three years from now. I mean, do you, do you think they'll still be able to like go to the Limitless Live website or go to Phil's website for peptide bioregulators and this stuff's still even going to be available? So, I mean, dude, it's a million dollar question. I mean, I, I definitely, hopefully before we end, I want to talk about GLP-1 Agnes because there's such the big rage across the world right now. And then definitely talk about hair growth. We'll, we'll skip to this question because it's the, it's the million pound gorilla. So I actually talked to Nick earlier today and I was like, when Ben asked me this question, if he asked me this question, how do you, how would you answer this when it comes to peptides and bioregulators? And his exact quote was, for, for bioregulators, he said that because they're considered nutritional supplements, he doesn't see any risk unless Big Pharma decides, you know, FDA, whatever the alphabet agencies decide that they want to go after the nutritional supplement space, which they had never have done before. So very low risk, if any risk at all with bioregulators. Now with peptides, you know, this gets back to the compounding pharmacies and the research chemical companies. So this is what I was told at the AMMG medical conference. And again, you probably have heard this from various people inside the health industry or medical industry right now is that big pharma is pissed. And this can seg us into GLP-1 agonists. Big pharma is pissed that the compounders are, are quote unquote, adulterating the retail versions of the GLP-1 agonists, right? So you've got semaglutide, which is called Olympic or Ozempic. And you have Manjaro, which is terzapatide. And these are both absolutely slam dunk, far and away, the number one selling quote unquote peptide 
medications of all time. I mean, they've already projected that terzapatide by the end of 2023 will be the number one selling pharmaceutical medication of all time. And so what's happened then is that the compounders, without mentioning names, have adulterated the formulations by adding B6, adding choline or acetyl L-carnitine or whatever it is to the formulation, which doesn't disturb the original medication, which again is, is appetite suppressant and, and uh, metabolic uncoupling to make it cheaper. And so, you know, big pharma's like, oh no, you're not going to do this. So what I was told at AMMG and various other people are hearing too, is that they are going to have the crosshairs on all of the non-FDA approved peptides. And what could happen, and I'm not making this prediction, but what could happen without doom and gloom is that they could just shut down all off-label compounded pharmacy peptides that, again, are not FDA approved. And right now, and this is in the book, by the way, there's like 13 FDA approved peptides, some of which you and I would never use and have never even heard of. But some of the bigger ones, which would be like tessamorelin, thymosin alpha-1, which, as you know, is the immunity peptide. All these peptides, by the way, are covered in the book. And there's a section in there we talk about FDA approved peptides. But I mean, look, man, it's possible that there will be no compounded peptides other than the FDA-approved ones by the end of the year. And if that's the case, it's 90% of the public will not be have access to them because, I mean, Ben appetite for one month supply through, you know, retail is fourteen dollars to $1,500. And most people are paying 400 I went out to a nice restaurant with one of my friends who happens to be a foodie, and he had taken some glutide that morning. And... He couldn't even look at a big juicy ribeye steak without getting nauseous. I think he ate one half yeah. of a deviled egg and the glass of water during the entire dinner. And that struck me as quite remarkable, the effects that this stuff has on appetite. And it also made sense why so many Hollywood celebrities, et cetera, are using it to spark some pretty significant weight loss and appetite suppression. Are you concerned about it at all in terms of long-term side effects, the use of these type of agonists? No, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, you know, there's obviously always a risk with any medication that you take. But to me, as I always say, the difference between a pill and a poison is always the dosage. There's also a lifestyle, uh, you know, component. You know, let me just say, and, you know, you're you're the perfect forum to talk about this. You know, Dr. Peter Atia, God love him. Uh, you know, right now he's got like the number one selling book in the world on whatever it's called. It's longevity or something like that. He is one of the biggest names in the, you know, they keep calling him celebrity doctor in any of the mainstream um, places, but he has been very vocal against uh, GLP-1 agonists, and he's been glomming onto some of the research saying that they cause muscle loss. And I want to clarify for your audience and really the world that even though he's technically correct, the reason that this is showing up in this research is because the physicians that are prescribing these GLP-1 agonists to their patients are not also concomitantly teaching their patients how to lose weight slash body fat correctly, right? So what's happening, and this is to very be very clear, and I made a video about this, which I'm happy to give you and you guys can link to, is that the patient is morbidly obese or insulin, uh, you know, insensitive, metabolically dysregulated. And they get these things, and as of course, you know, let's say they're 350 pounds, they they start using them, and it kills their appetite, as you just said, and it kills their appetite better than anything that they've ever tried before it. But as you know, Ben, you know, there's you know the devils in the details. You can't just stop eating without having some form of requisite, you know, metabolic eventual shutdown, thyroid disruption, all these different things. So. It's very simple. If you're going to use a GLP-1 agonist, you also have to eat enough protein to maintain proper weight loss and, of course, body fat loss mm. 
build muscle through resistance training, yeah. do cardiovascular training, right. To strengthen your heart. And then of course, live insulin controlled. I mean, you got to change your diet. You can't keep eating like a dumpster fire while yeah. you're taking these supplements yeah. or these meds. Right. I mean, it doesn't work like that. So it's like, it's, yeah. It's everything is context. That's reasonable. And it reminds me of the old studies that go back to 2008, showing that in the face of a caloric deficit as low as 800 calories, muscle maintenance, and in some cases, muscle hypertrophy or gain is even possible in the presence of resistance training. So it sounds to me what I'm hearing is that if you were to use one of these, you should maintain adequate amino acid intake and do resistance and cardiovascular training. Exactly, dude. And you're always on it. But see, that's the thing that really gets me upset is because a lot of other fitness influencers and quote unquote, so-called gurus are, you know, glomming on to Peter's statements. Because again, Peter's just being, you know, the literal scientist and he's interpreting the research and he is seeing muscle loss in a lot of these people. And look, man, you know, because I've had these people message me and email me and stuff. And, you know, you're 400 pounds and you've done everything in your life and you just are incapable of losing weight. And then all of a sudden you start taking these and they're so profoundly effective that you stop eating, right? As much as you were eating and you don't do the other things because you're literally telling the person, let's say it's me or you saying, Hey, no, dude, you got to lift weights. You got to eat enough protein. You're telling this person, I don't care. I'm losing weight. I'm seeing my pants, you know, go down in sizes, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, like I see both sides of the coin and I understand where these people are coming from. But again, the devil is always in the details. Mm -hmm. If you use these things contextually, you have to also yeah. do the other things or okay. yes, you will have muscle loss. You will have thyroid issues. You will have metabolic, uh, dysregulation. It's like, you know, you just likened it to, um, what you likened it to, but think about like in bodybuilding world, you know, a lot of women will go on to fitness, uh, you know, competition stage, bikini or whatever, you know, physique, and they do crash diets and do too much cardio themselves and they destroy their thyroid. I think folks understand. Yeah. And, and we're, we're running up against limited time, Jay. And so I, I got to ask you about this hair growth thing you've alluded to a few times because there's like this dark blue lotion that was in the package that you sent to me. And you told me to aggravate my scalp or do some derma rolling, which I've been doing because I do that for my face sometimes anyways with a clay mask. So I have these derma rollers. And you said that by rubbing this stuff into the scalp that you could actually grow hair, which you know, based on the, the need for stem cell upregulation and, you know, oxygenation and blood flow and microcirculation, a whole bunch of things responsible for sparking hair growth seemed like, uh, well, honestly, like an exaggerated claim. T tell me what's going on with this, with this blue lotion. What is it? Yeah. So, um, if you remember, you know, again, I'm gonna make this quick so we can get, we can end this amazing podcast as again, bro, appreciate you. Love you. I'm grateful. Always be here. Thank you for everything you do. The truth is, is that a sear custom was the company that you promoted for us and helped our company blow up. We sold Nick and I, Nick Andrews and I sold the company last year in March to a venture capital firm. Uh, the venture capital firm, for whatever reasons, like didn't do what they were supposed to do. And at the end of the year, quote unquote, defaulted on an inventory payment to us, which was great for us because it broke up our non-compete and allowed us to come out with new, new products um, and businesses and do whatever we want. So I sent you the newest product, which is called Folatin. And this is going to be coming from Nick's newest company. I am not actually a partner in this company. I will be an affiliate. I'm sure you will be an affiliate. And it is a three to five times, and it could be more, but we're being conservative. It's three to five times more effective hair regrowth agent. And of course, it's peptide based than Oxana was. And remember, Oxana was a combination of copper peptide, GHKCU, and carbon 60. 
And it was, of course, also in a topical form. It worked really well. You had, you know, thousands of your audience that used it and got great results. You and your wife used it, got great results. You know, I used it, got great results, regrew my hair. But the issue that most people had was with it was that carbon 60, because it was in a grapeseed oil extract, was uh, when over-applied, and as you know, people always like to use more, uh, it would cause oil in their hair. And so people would complain that it would get in their pillows or whatever. So this newest form that you have is completely aqueous-based. We have not put carbon 60 in this one, although at some point we probably will again when we can make it a liposomal system so that it doesn't have any kind of oily uh, residue or texture. But this one is um, copper peptide GHKCU and like three or four other aqueous-based peptides that are all built on angiogenesis, which is obviously stimulating red cell, red blood cell and flow back to the scalp. Uh, and I have been using it myself now for a week and a half. You have been using it, I think, for what, four or five days? If you're, if you're watching the video right now, I have an I have an afro. GHK copper peptide, by the way, is I think based on the Dalton size, the measurement via which you look right. into the particle size of the peptide or the yes. molecular size of the peptide is one of the few that actually is absorbed transdermally. You don't need to inject it into the scalp. You can rub it into the scalp. That's absolutely correct. And I, I'm glad that you clarified that. If you're a user of this, and by the way, by the time this podcast runs, you'll have a website that you'll be able to send people to that will have demo videos of how you apply this. Less is more with this peptide. And again, if you are like Ben or a woman and you have longer hair, you want to make sure you get it into the scalp. Obviously, somebody like me has shorter hair, so it's easier for me to get it into the scalp. But you're massaging it, like you said, agitating it in the scalp. So if you want to use a derma roller, you want to use microneedling, you want to use an agitator, that's going to be better. As we said on the last hair uh, regrowth podcast we did with you two years, dude, that was two years ago. Isn't it insane how fast time moves? You want to use red light, red light skull caps, red light, you know, juve, anything that gets red light, anything that's going to increase mitochondrial optimization is also going to improve red blood cell count and flow to the area. And look, let me just say this, you know, again, you were the one that broke this to the world. It's still sad that not enough people still understand this, but this is completely unequivocally proven now that all hair loss is called by blood flow restriction to the scalp. Okay. It's not caused by DHT. It's not caused by this, that, and the other. It's caused by blood flow restriction to the scalp, which ultimately, okay, can be caused by a thousand different things. You know, heavy metal contamination, overexposure to sun, see, you know, sweating, anxiety, too much insulin, too much sugar, too much alcohol. I mean, again, it's like a thousand things can cause blood flow restriction to your scalp. But I will say this, that I have androgenic alopecia. My dad's, I mean, my mom's dad was bald and yeah. I would probably be bald right now, Ben. And since I started using this product off and on, you know, when I had access to it, which has only been in the last couple of months now, the new one, Oxano ran out last year in September. I've regrown my hair. I wouldn't yeah. even have hair. I wouldn't have hair. Wow. That, that's that's impressive, and and I'm looking forward to seeing what results I have, and potentially even trying it this Christmas to grow my annual winter lumberjack beard, folks. You, uh, if you take anything away from this podcast, don't wear tight underwear, and as you've just learned, don't wear tight hats. <laughs> Jay and I have two other podcasts that I'll link to. If you go to BenGreenfieldLife.com/slash/limitlesslife, I'll have the show notes, and I'm going to link to Jay's peptide course, to his testosterone optimization book and course to these peptides we've been discussing. If the hair growth formula is out when this podcast comes out, I'll put a link to that and hopefully some generous discount codes for you. Jay, you're always just a wealth of knowledge. Of course, we only scratched the surface on the dozens of different peptides out there. 
but hopefully this gives people a pretty good idea of the general notion behind these peptides, how to use them, a little bit about testosterone optimization. Check out Limitless Life too if you're interested. Again, go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash limitlesslife. I'll link to the website where some of these formulas, particularly I would recommend if any of you are listening and you like to exercise, try this uh, this 5-amino-1-MQ. It's just, it's, it's kind of crazy how I feel on it. Jay, thanks so much for coming on, man. You're always, I mean, you're you're a fast talker, but you get across a lot of information. And so we feed people through the fire hose. They might have to listen to this at 0.5 times speed. But thanks so much, man. I appreciate you, man. The only thing we didn't talk about and the reason I have so much energy is the God stack. So the next time we do a podcast, we'll break that down. <laughs> and I'll, I'll link to your God stack article on the show notes because you have a pretty interesting article about these different stacks that you take. So if people want to read ahead, check it out. BenGreenfieldLife.com slash Limitless Life. Jay, thanks so much, man. Thank you, my brother. I love and appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later. All right, folks, it's coming up quick. VIP event with me that occurs during the time that I am in London for the Health Optimization Summit. I'm throwing in a private VIP meetup at HUM2N Labs with Dr. E over there. This is one of the most advanced biohacking facilities I've ever stepped foot into. We're opening up to a select group of VIPs, very small group. You could be one of them. Kicks off at 5.30 p.m., in London on Monday, June 19th, you're going to get to network with me and a bunch of the other biohacking enthusiasts and physicians there. We will do a special talk on age reversal. There'll be a Q&A, a variety of healthy organic foods, biohack cocktails, a swag bag where you get to try IV, cryotherapy, red light therapy, hyperbaric oxygen, different types of, of nootropics and smart drugs that they have there. So it's going to be a pretty cool event. And you can get in now if you go to bengreenfieldlife.com forward slash H-U-M-2-N London. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash H-U-M-2-N London. If that's too much for you to remember, just go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash calendar. And everywhere that I'm going, that I'm speaking, where you can join me, all the events are also there on the calendar at bengreenfieldlife.com slash calendar. But this H-U-M-2-N event Monday, June 19th is going to be a good one. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and often outside-the-box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be. And just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot.